And we are back, and we are the Run Duo. I am Tommy Mitchell. What's up, y'all? It's India. I What's up, I, India? Like, the last episode, I was listening to our episode, and I was like, when did I start singing my name? I was like, India. <laughs> like, when did that start happening? Anyway, well, you know what it up? is? It's because, like, you know, I, I noticed you don't do the cook anymore. I know. Um, which I think is because you're trying to feel the India cook space. Cause I tried doing it. Like I said, well, maybe I could just say Tommy and it just seems so, and this is Tommy, just so empty. Yes. Like I'm missing something. So I think that's why you're starting to sing it just to kind of feel that that little bit of oh, space. Yeah. And I think at some point <laughs> that is correct. That probably is exactly why I'm doing it. But I think I'm also trying to like kind of unmarry myself to my last name a little bit. Um, oh, really? We've begun, we've begun the process. I think so. I think it's time <laughs> to kind of, you know, because like, you know the thing about it is, and this is, uh, listen to our listeners, y'all know we rant all the time, but this is going to be a quick little rant before we get. Mm. We got run. We got run stuff in the interview for y'all today, <laughs> and a big announcement. Yes. But aside from that, some people don't change their last name when they get married because. Yeah. For, for various reasons, like some people get on the hierarchy thing and like your, um, your husband or your spouse now is, you are owned by them. Like some mm-hmm. people go to that. And then some people also just because of their brand is connected to their name True. that they don't want to change it, which I understand. But mm-hmm. my brand is Miles from India. And so it's just my first name. So whatever miles from india whatever it ends up being you know callaway would be my new last name but miles from india is my brand so it doesn't matter what the last name is people will probably know me as cook but Mm -hmm. india at the end of the day it's already not very common so i'm just rolling with trying to you know make that shift a little bit (laughs) i got you and you know a lot of women um and i and i shouldn't say a lot i'm just going by stories i've been told Mm -hmm. um they want to change to the husband's last name because the kids are named, that you know, less, and they yeah. want to be the same last name. Cause my mm-hmm. sister, when she got a divorce, um, I was like, when you coming back to Mitchell, what's up? Right. And she was like, well, no, I'm going to keep yeah. Johnson. Cause I want to keep the same last name, you know, mm-hmm. a- as my kids, regardless of how much that was a jerk. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> just to be sure, you know, just to keep some formality. And honestly, I also heard Tommy that the process of changing your name and on your documents is such a doggone process. So you might as well just keep it to what it is. I mean, but that's neither here nor there. But I do hear even changing your name when you get married is definitely a process. And some people just don't do it. Yeah. Um, not because they don't want to, but because it's such a such a legal process. But that's true. But let me just say this: um, for even if you don't change your name, trust me, y'all still connect. I, it's from just from my years in mortgages. Mm-hmm. It don't matter what your last name is. Oh, you married to him? Okay, let me see that credit. Right, <laughs> y'all, right. no, y'all are connected. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot get away. Yes. Um, yes. But anyway. That was so. our rant for this episode. <laughs> episode 111. That was our rant. I can't say it's our only one, y'all, but that was our rant for this episode. <laughs> so we just missed or just passed Global Running Day. Indy, I saw all the photos of you out there. Click, click, click. Just, you know, selfieing it up out there yes. on the streets. Listen, Global Running Day, honestly, is one of the, one of my favorite days in the year when it comes to running. Like, of course, I have a couple different favorite days, but it's just something about Global Running Day, Tommy, that I feel brings out people that I haven't seen in the running community in a while. 
It brings out people that either are new to running, want to start running. It just brings like just a love of community. And all of us have the love of running, whether it be run, walk, jog, skip, whatever it is. People are out there moving their body on Global Running Day, and I completely love it. So it was a definitely good time. There was a lot of different events in Atlanta on Global Running Day, but I decided to attend the Lululemon um, event that took place at Monday Night Garage. It was um, put on by Lululemon as well as Movers and Pacers and Atlanta Run Club. So congratulations to all three of those organizations. An amazing job on putting on the event. When I tell you it was a party, Tommy, like I didn't really mm. expect what it was going to be at Global Running Day. Yeah. Like I knew, um, of course, I know my movers and pacers people. It was a lot of OGs out there that I ran with when I first started running. But it it pulled out a lot of different people. Um, there was music. There was food. There was, you know, Lululemon giveaways. It was dancing. I literally danced until nine o'clock. Me and my friend Britt was <laughs> there and with the ba- with her baby. And we were out there dancing. It was like 9.15 and we were still probably like 9, 9.10. And we were still dancing. I'm sweating. I feel like I got more of a workout from dancing than I did doing my run. So (laughs) it was just a really good time. And you know me, Tommy, cheering on the runners. So I did a quick little out and back. I really enjoy on Global Running Day being able to cheer people on. Like, I feel like that's something that sometimes we don't get, or if you don't usually go to run group meetups, like you may not get that. And so for me, you know, when you're doing a casual run and you get someone cheering you on at the end, that's the beauty of it all. And so usually when I go to global run events, I kind of make my run shorter that day and I just come back and just cheer everybody in. So of course I did that and it really, really enjoyed myself. So it was a good time. It was a really good time. Yeah. Sounds like, and it looks like it. Like you said, I saw a lot of pictures of people that I hadn't seen out, you know, running in a while. So, and I think of course, I mean, I don't think this is the first global running day since COVID. I'm not sure. But I think definitely people were happy to get out. The weather was good. So I think that brought a lot of people out as well. Yeah, I want to say 2021 people were still nervous. Yeah, Um, probably so. So I think that this was the first one that people were kind of like, you know, just kind of a little bit more relaxed with it. So, But I know that I can't remember exactly what I did 2021, but I know that June 2021 Atlanta, at least, was a little bit more open. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And but it now, was a great time. Did you, exactly. did you run? I don't think so. I let Heather have Global Run okay. Day. Um, she it. went and did it with her, Tucker. I mean, she didn't run, of course, but she went and got out and exercised, and I sat home. Yeah. And Just we did, me and Trey did Global Running Day running around the kitchen. So right. that was <laughs> that was my gotcha. Global Running well, Day. Well, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but... Like you said, it was Lululemon, and we got a big announcement yes. with Lululemon. So yes. I'm gonna go ahead and hand it over to you, India. <laughs> Let's yes. hear it. Let's hear it. So, Tommy, mm. I need you to insert a burr, 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 <laughs> some kind of like excitement here. So, to all of our listeners, Tommy and I, the Run Duo, are super excited to announce the Lululemon. 10k tour now if you did not see it on your social media on a friday the third lululemon is bringing a 10k to atlanta and it is actually touring it's going to be a multi-city race tour which 
The first stop is going to be Atlanta, Georgia, and the race is on October 22nd. And the second stop is going to be in Houston, Texas on November 13th. Now, I don't know about you, Tommy, but I am super excited about this race. Um, it's going to be a race where it's going to be amazing cheer stations. They are saying there's going to be excitement around every corner. There's going to be people coming out the woodwork, and it is just going to be the ultimate running party. Now, I'm really hype about it. Lululemon has not done a big race, at least here in Atlanta. Of course, they do. They had previously had the Seaweeds race, but I am really, really excited about this race. It's a 10K, meaning, you know, you will get 10K um, miles, 10 kilometer miles around the city. And I'm just hype about it. I don't know about you, Tommy, but I am super excited. And the amazing piece about it, Tommy, is that we are partnering with Lululemon on this race. So you all will be hearing more from the Run Duo in partnership with Lululemon for this 10K tour. We will be engaging with them. We will be at some of their events they will be having leading up to the race. Of course, you will see our faces on race day and on race week. So be looking out for that. Are you excited, Tommy? I'm definitely excited. I mean, I'm always excited when someone, an organization that I mm -hmm. can respect is going to do a race because I'm excited yes. to see how they're going to put on the race. Um, a 10K, 10K is a great distance because it it's is. not it's not too short. It's not mm -hmm. too long. You, you feel like you did. You challenged yourself, but you still right. can have fun afterwards. So that's a perfect, perfect distance. Yes. And I am super excited about it. Again, this race has been announced now, but I want everyone that is listening to make sure that you mark your calendars for June 19th, which is next Thursday from this episode that comes out. June 19th is when registration opens. Now, I don't know about you, Tommy, but I think this one's going to sell out. So I need you guys yeah. to make sure you mark your calendars for June 19th and be ready to register. Now, to our listeners that are listening today to this podcast, we have a surprise for you. We are partnering with Lululemon for a giveaway. So we'll be talking about that giveaway in this episode, but I want you all to just stay tuned because I know you all want to, especially if you want to run the Lululemon 10K tour that's going to be happening here in October, you're going to want to hear about this giveaway. So stay tuned for that. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, great. So we got a little bit more to go in the episode. We got someone we're going to bring on. We're going to bring on Dwayne. We're going to interview him. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know if you saw this, India. And mm -hmm. I mean, we're both Garmin people. We both, right. you know, um, are Garmin watch people till we die. We look at other watches, yes. but we never can let them Me go. Too. I have so, another watch, but I still love my Garmin. <laughs> you still, yeah, still got your Garmin on. Um, I mean, and I probably told the story before. Someone told us until you have a Garmin, you're not really a runner. So, I, you know, which I don't believe, no. but I, no. we were told that in my early days of running, somebody told me that. But anyway, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> well, I will say my life changed when I got a Garmin because I was using yeah. your girl was using like the Nike app. And when you go from the Nike app to the, to the Garmin, Garmin, no, yeah. actually, I went from a Nike app to Fitbit to the Garmin. It's a totally okay. different life. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's different. Now, um, it's always hard for me to switch to a new watch. Um, it takes you like my first Garmin I had for years. I switched mm -hmm. to a new one. I think you and I got the same watch right now. Um, mm -hmm. But Garmin just announced a couple of new watches. Now, I'm not going to get into i'm not going to critique any of the watches but it's just something i think about because they brought out the forerunner 255 and then i brought out the forerunner 955 of course 955 is a more advanced watch mm -hmm. i look at these watches looked at look at all the new you know bells and whistles the main thing is now the 255 you can get what's called music which mm -hmm. 
I, you know, I don't know. If I got to carry a phone, I can do my music on my phone. Um, but the 955, the more advanced one, adds more sports. You know, it adds swimming. Um, I think it even had equestrian on there, which I don't, you know, I mm-hmm. guess you're on a horse and it keeps track of that. Um, <laughs> but also all the analytics. The, right. you know your, your vo2 you, you know your pace your your um cadence all these different things that is adding mm-hmm. and i just you know as a coach do you think we need all this? is this too much information or do you think it's just a person by person thing on how they use that that data so i mixed message i'm, I'm not mixed message. i have mixed feelings about all the data so I think having all the data is amazing. Like as a coach, it's great to have it. But if you don't know how to use the data, it's pointless, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of one of those people that if you're not into data, if you know that you're not going to break down your VO2 max, which is how much oxygen your body is getting through, you know, hard, intense workouts, if you're not going to um, use that, if you're not going to understand your cadence, if you're not going to you know, understand your heart rate, or you're not going to do heart rate monitoring. I tell people all the time, you can get to a basic watch. Fitbits literally can take your pace and your, um, some simple Fitbits can do pace, your heart rate and your distance. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I think if you're training at, at any level, it is very good to have the data. I feel like if you are really trying to elevate your running, it is really good to have the data. But again, if you don't know how to use it or if you're not communicating with someone or a coach to help you understand how to use the data, it's kind of pointless to some point. So I feel like there's levels to, you know, being able to to have all of the data. Personally, for me, um, when I coach clients, it depends on the level that they have. Um, My coaching a lot of times are, Clients are entry level. They're people that are just getting into running or they're my, they may be trying to get to a half marathon. I newly have a client that's trying to get to her first, her first marathon, which is amazing. But I think that at those levels, your pace, your time, and we can definitely look at heart rate is the three things that is really, really important. Um, and I, the reason why I say heart rate is because a lot of times if you're breathing too hard and your heart rate is skyrocketing, you need to pull that pace back. And that's something that I do look at and talk to my clients about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yourself, what, what would, because I know, I think I probably asked this before, what would it take for you to switch to a new watch? What, what, what is in your mind when you go, you know, it's time for me to get a new watch. What, what's happened so that you think it's time for a new watch? So I think for me, like right now, I think the top, the watches that you and I use, Tommy, are kind of at this point, like the base model. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, basically. They, they are the base model. If it's not broke, don't fix it for me. Um, I think I personally am married to the data, married to, and not the data that it provides me, but married to my stats from over the years. I think that's what my issue is. So it's mm-hmm. more so I don't mind getting another watch within the Garmin brand. Yeah, yeah. But I think that um switching to another brand is going to be hard because I want to keep all of my stats from I mean I've had this watch since like 2016. So it's mm-hmm. been several years um and I like to see that data compiled and like how far I've come and all of that. Now some people say start a new PR list, start a new whatever. But like, for me, I just love to have that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind upgrade. I think it's time for me to do an upgrade because there are a lot of exercises that I do, um, such as my strength training and stuff that does not pull up on my current watch. Yeah. So strength training, the muscles that I work, there's a couple of exercises that I would love to use the data for. Now I can see it in my app, but it doesn't translate in my watch. Um, 
setting up you know, your workouts and all of those things is easier to see in different watches. So I think it is time for me to do an upgrade, but I just need to put my mind to it and do it. But it, but stepping out of the Garmin family is going to be a little bit difficult for me. Well, I mean, I don't plan on doing that myself. I'll, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the whole, you know, my stats. I ain't gonna lie. I, I go back and look at my PRs and like, sometimes I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll click it up and I look at it and kind of see like, so for example, um, what's coming up, the Peachtree, Mm-hmm. I'll go back and look at my past Peace Street races, right. kind of looking at, okay, so when I hit the hill right here this mm-hmm. year, that's what I did this year. And then I go back and look at the training that I did for that year and see, was I doing something different that year? Is that mm-hmm. why I hit that hill better? Or mm-hmm. am I just old? I don't know. So, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff I look at. But you know what's so funny is that back in the day, probably a couple of years ago, I was manually updating all of my race stats like in my phone. I had a notes app and I was just kind of putting in 5K PRs, best time. I have mm-hmm. a list of all my Peachtree Road Race races. But Tommy, at this point, um, what is the name of that app that pulls together all the races and develops your stats? Oh, Athlink. Yes, athletes. Yeah. It's stuff like that that's out at this point to where your data is there. You can always go and look it up. However, I think that not every race is connected to athletes, but you athletes, but you would be surprised at the races that are connected to it. Oh, and I think yeah. I think because we are in Atlanta, majority of the races that we run have some kind of connections to athletes. So yeah. I think in our mind, we just have to like unmarry ourselves to <laughs> that to that point well a quick thing about athlete if you guys get on it it is amazing if you've never been on it go on it because you will probably find every race you've ever run like race i have races on there before i even ran with a watch right um that are on there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like wow and what's crazy is once you you accept all your because it asks you did you run this race you know once you put your name in and you can accept all your races Mm -hmm. it'll show you like your friends, like, okay, I ran that race and, you know, Jimmy beat me in that race, but I beat Jimmy in this mm-hmm. race. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's a nice little app. I like it's it. It's a nice app form. Nice platform. I said app form, Lord. <laughs> it is a nice platform. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty cool. So I do go back and look at that um, every once in a while as well. Yeah. So Tommy, tell me this, does stats and data motivate you? Stats and data, not as much as it used to. I must admit, I used to be Mr. Stats and Data Guy, times, Mm -hmm. PRs, not as much as I used to be, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. to get back to that once I get, you know, back in better shape. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think at one point, I feel like my... my running switched when I got a watch, like my, my thought process about running switched when Mm -hmm. I got a watch, it became more obsessive, but then I learned that the obsessive part of me and running and all the data in the app became, it took away the fun of my running and the freeness of my running. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it motivates me in the point of knowing that I'm getting better day over day. But I think when I look back to years ago where I was, that part is not motivating. <laughs> but if I'm in a training block and I see myself, you know, there was a mile that I ran the, my first week of training versus my 10th week of training. And I know that I pushed through it and I did really well. Like that is motivating for me in general. So, yeah, I mean, you know, motivating for me is, is just getting better. That is, yeah. that is my motivation, getting better where I can see it, where I can see I started in one place and I've ended up here, and I've mm-hmm. gotten better every step of the way. That has always been my motivation. 
Yeah, that's so true. Well, you know, Tommy, you'll hear conversations, a lot of conversations about motivation versus dedication. People ask me all the time, what keeps you motivated to keep going? And I'm like, you know what? I personally feel like motivation comes and goes because there's different spurts of your life to where you're motivated. There's some, there's like, okay, I have the excitement and drive to get up and do this. But there's so many times that motivation goes out the window. And I personally feel that dedication is something that fills in that gap when you're not motivated. So if you're dedicated to the process, if you're dedicated to a goal that you have, knowing that you have a race coming up, knowing that you are dedicated to whether you're looking at this for fitness or whatever it is, you are dedicated to getting up and getting out. So there's a difference between motivation and dedication. What makes you dedicated, Tommy? Um, um, honestly, it goes back to even when I first started running, it's just, I was, what kept me dedicated was the way it made me feel, you know, mm. it, you know, that, that happy feeling that, you know, I was staying in shape and, you know, I love to run. I love to talk about running and that's, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's why we have a podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is so true. Well, for our listeners, um, I want to give excuse me, I want to announce our giveaway that we are going to be partnering with, with Lululemon for their Lululemon 10K tour. Now, for our listeners that listen to this episode, you, I want you to answer this question for us, or questions. What motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process? So basically, what helps you stay consistent? So like we mentioned, a lot of people's motivation goes out the window, but they stay dedicated. So we are going to be giving away, or Lululemon is going to be giving away two free race entries to the 10K that will be happening here in Atlanta. And again, that race day is October 22nd. That's here in Atlanta. So we are going to be giving away two free entries to that race. Now, if you can't run on the 22nd of October, don't answer because we want to make sure that these people can actually come. But what we want you to do in order to enter the giveaway you need to post either on your story or in your feed and answer the questions of what motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process. And again, you can post your answer to those questions in your Instagram story or on your feed, but you want to ensure that you are tagging at the Run Duo podcast, which is our podcast Instagram, as well as tagging Lululemon and using the hashtag Lululemon10K. Again, tagging the Run Duo podcast, tagging Lululemon, as well as using the hashtag Lululemon10K. And you're answering the question of what motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process. Now, again, listening to this episode, responding to that in your feed or your story, and ensuring that you are doing that by Saturday, this coming Saturday, and that is going to be June 11th by 11.59 p.m. And we will be posting on our, on our Instagram the two winners on Sunday, June 12th. Again, Saturday, June 11th by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and ensure that you are completing that. Don't forget to tag everyone. And we will announce the winners on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Very excited. Very excited. Now, we've got a great guest that we're about to bring on. He's waiting for us now. Yes, come on in. And we are back. And today we have an amazing guest. We have Coach Dwayne Scott, 
a runner, ultra marathoner, a marathoner, everything under the sun. He is an amazing um, individual, a human that Tommy and I know very well. And we want to get to know his story even more because, you know, ultra marathoning is another beast that Tommy and I have not stepped our toes into. <laughs> um, but we love to talk to people that are doing amazing things. So I want to, or we want to welcome Coach Dwayne Scott to our episode. Hello, Dwayne. Hello, hello. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, Dwayne. Great for, great for you coming and, and speaking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate no, it. No yes. problem. So we have known Dwayne for several years. He is a runner of the Atlanta Run community. Dwayne, you are someone that we have wanted to have on the episode on the on our podcast for a while, but you just did an amazing thing this weekend and we want to hear about it. You ran your first your first 100 milers, not your first first ultra, but right. you run your first 100 miler. But before we get to that 100k was it 100k or 100 miler? Oh, it was 100 miler. Don't don't slack him on it. It was 100 miles. 100 miles. Miles. Not 100k. Nah, I thought, <laughs> wow. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Now, yeah. Dwayne has done 100k's, which is a little bit um with, with about 62 miles, and he's done 250k's, which is amazing. But this past weekend was actually a 100 miler. Can you wow. imagine? Listen, Tommy is saying, wow, because I can't imagine it either, but we definitely want to hear about that story. But before we get into that, Dwayne, tell us a little bit about how you got into running. What got you to this place of wanting to be an ultra marathoner? Where did it all begin? So um, when I was 35, mm -hmm. I decided to uh, do something about, you know, getting healthier, right? Um, my father at the time, he had congestive heart failure. And so I decided that, and, and congestive heart failure runs in my family. Mm -hmm. So I am trying to fight that inherited, potentially inherited thing. And that motivated me to get running in terms of cardio. I was lifting weights, uh, but my cardio game was not where it should be. So I decided to add cardio and running was the best, uh, best platform for that for me. And I, I just stuck with it ever since. And I just kept right, going right. with it um, as a means to, you know, release stress from work. Um, I'm, I'm in, I have, I, I'm into IT consulting, so it's a very stressful environment. So any type of way I was looking to get some type of, you know, mental sanity or peace, I was getting into running and just exercise in general, just to be in better health, you know? And, um, I, you know, I, and I was so new at it. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't take a phased approach, right? I didn't, I didn't know much, right? I, I, my first real race was the, uh, the peach tree. Uh, yes, I did, mine too. <laughs> I, I did a, I did a 10K before I did a 5K, all right? Same, so, same. <laughs> didn't know any better, just was like, hey, I'm here, I'm running, right? Um, and you know, you, you learn, you learn through trial and error things that you should do and you shouldn't do. And that's how I eventually just got the bug stuck and I just kept running with it. So and when was that? I'm sorry, Andy, I didn't mean to step on you. No, I was just, gonna say, ask I was just wanting to clarify. That was, so you technically, you literally didn't get into the running game until 35. Correct. Yes. I, I oh, wow. okay. no, ahead, no, no track and field, no high school, just, I played football in high school, but no, no track and field, no running, no cross country, mm. nothing. Just, you know. So what year was that? What, what year was that first uh, Peace Tree for you? Uh, that was 12 years ago. So wow. Been, okay. So I've been I've been sticking with it ever since as my mm -hmm. okay, that's my default 10K that I just stick with. Uh so 
I've been running with it ever since. And I just always, you know, I have a passion for that race because it was my first one, my first, first real running race. And I would, I would take, I would just run, you know, I'd take a whole month, you know, or a whole year just to train for that one race. Right? Oh my gosh. Uh, Our story collides together right yeah. there because that was me too. I would train up for the Peace Street and that was it. That was my race for the that, year. That, and I would that, go have my barbecue on July that, 4th and I would take a take time off. Yep. And then I would get back to it when it was time for registration to open the next year. <laughs> yep. That was it. That was it. Then that was it. And then it, it, it just, then it just expanded from there. Like, well, maybe I should try another distance, another <laughs> another type of thing, you know. And then I eventually got into marathoning, right? And then you know the ins and outs of that, right? Now I'm still learning that. That's that's a that's an ongoing learning process in itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. well, talk to me about the training because, like you said, you you just kind of you were running just the peace tree for a while, then you got into the different distance. So how did you learn about the training? Were you just, okay, I'm on, I, I got a 10K to run, so I'm gonna run six miles. Like what, what kind of got you to the, the start line on these races? So originally I, I had a treadmill, right? So I would just literally get on a treadmill and my father was in the military and they have a, a standard. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can stick to the military standard of a 10 minute mile, right? And that was my, like, okay, can I hold this pace over, you know, you know, uh, over a period of time? And I started out on a treadmill, right? And then eventually I migrated outside and my, my subdivision is a loop, right? Mm-hmm. So I would literally run like a mile and a half of, of, of loops just to get familiar with running outside and being on the pavement. I mean, I, I uh, wrong shoes, wrong socks, cotton um just wrong (laughs) (laughs) and and the reason i like to when i talk to someone to talk about their beginning steps into running i like people to talk about the cotton t-shirts and you know all that because i want other people who maybe are just starting out to hear hey look we all started the same place you know and we worked our way to get to the point where we knew what to wear and we we went and read and found these things to yeah. figure out, hey, this is the shoe I need to wear. These are the socks I need to wear. This is the type of shirt, tech shirt I need to wear, that kind of thing. Correct. Yes. Yes. It's all trial and error. And I just, just along the way, just kept going and going. And I eventually, um, you know, wanted to learn more about it. And then I became a certified run coach. Um, I was, I was having problems with cramping and, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, you know, knowledgeable on what's causing the cramps. Why am I cramping? Nutrition during a run. I mean, what do you mean I got to carry nutrition? I just ran, right? You know, so I'm going to run out of energy. Right? You, you never know. You know, you don't know your limits until you you try something that you know we're, we we don't we're not you know we're not blessed with the ability to run and move forever. There is a limit. So I had to learn that and read about it, and that just fueled me to keep going and try different different um different uh different type of sports you know uh from running to i do uh, tri- uh triathlon i do uh ultra marathoning and you know and in, in these sports we're not we're not well represented that's another driver for me as well so there's my own personal goals and then there's my goal of okay you know we need to add a little 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 chocolate to the to the mix okay? <laughs> so 
<laughs> yes. And you know what's so what interesting? I feel like as a running community, we are definitely becoming more represented in the road running marathon space. But when it comes to ultra marathons, yeah. trail races, triathlons, duathlons, like there is definitely underrepresentation. And I just really appreciate you taking your time, effort, and coins to. <laughs> <laughs> put your face out there <laughs> and your body out there on whatever space it is and continue so, to develop so for, your, like, your for example like triathlon it's like that's only 0.5 percent of of triathletes are black mm -hmm. i mean you know and you know not to sidestep it you know we have to get like we have to get used to being uncomfortable in order for us to be comfortable in that mm -hmm. sport and you need mm -hmm. individuals to go out there and try to see what's going on and then bring that back and help the community move into those different types of sports. And there's a number of individuals, um, Sika Henry, Joseph Gray, mm -hmm. um, originally Ted Corbett. There's, there's, there's so many of us that have just gone out there and put themselves out there and learned what they need to do, brought it back home. And then we started migrating to the different sports, so. Right. So tell us, Dwayne, I mean, with that, that particular item being said, um, a lot of times when it comes to those sports, when you go and line up at a starting line and you don't see someone that looks like you, it's hard to be like, introduce yourself and try to get education or ask someone direction on how to do certain things or where do I put my bike and where do I put the number, like all of the details that a lot of times we may just look over to another runner at a marathoner and ask them a question, but you may not feel comfortable doing that at these others in these other sporting realms. So where did you learn your education and what allowed you to, to build that confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to take the time to learn it myself and put my imprint into these, these sports. Well, YouTube. I literally went out to YouTube and just started watching videos, right? And just mm -hmm. picking out the nuances of things that I saw that other folks were doing. Mm -hmm. um, for example, for, for trail running, I started watching Ginger Runner. Mm -hmm. right? he, does, he does product reviews on, on equipment, things that you should do on trails. And I, I started watching that. Um, mm -hmm. And then I started watching um, videos on, um, for example, like Western States. That's the, the it, it, I would say that's like the Boston for trail running, right? Can mm -hmm. you get to Western States and just watching videos put together by uh, Billy Yang. Mm -hmm. very, he produces excellent videos. If you want to yes. see- Good quality, uh, very good quality. Quality, that's what you should look at. And you'll see, and you just pick out little nuggets. Okay, I see that. Okay, I need this. I need this equipment for that, this type of scenario. And I just retain that, kept good notes, right? I journalize a lot. Um, sometimes if you type it out, it's not as personal. Um, so I started journalizing, keeping notes on things that I needed for my venture, whether it's just straight running, um, doing trail or either doing triathlete stuff. So I just self-taught, just, mm -hmm. you know, and then eventually, you know, you'll meet some, you'll meet some people along the way, right? They're like, okay, what do you do when you get in this type of scenario? Mm -hmm. um, what do you, you know, you, you crop, and then becoming a, becoming a certified run coach, uh, something that, that I highly encourage more African-Americans or people of color to get into, mm -hmm. you'll start seeing, you'll start learning about these things, right? There, mm -hmm. There's, we need more representation in terms of, coaching because you might have you might be a you might be you know 
a parent, you might be apprehensive, like, okay, where do I go? Who could, you might feel more comfortable talking to someone that might look like you or understands where you're coming from, from a social and economic background. You know, we, we, have, we have economic logistics that we have to get past, much less, you know, being a fast runner, right? You still have to register, pay the fees and all that stuff. That's a, that's a whole nother can of worms that we have to overcome just to be able to participate in these events, you know? So, but just self-taught, just self-taught, just, just, just reading books, um, going through the certification, um, meeting good friends like you guys, picking your brains and, and hey, when I was in this race, da-da-da-da-da-da, and I did this, da-da-da-da-da. So just retaining that. And eventually you will, you will be more confident in your ability to participate in these events. And I just, I just, it's still trial and error. It's always going to be trial and error. And I'll, I'll put it this way, a goal, a goal should scare you, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that you can continue to do, eventually you'll be bored of that, right? You, you will evolve past the, okay, can I make the distance to, okay, I can make the distance. Okay. I'm, I'm getting a lot of medals now. Where do I go from here? <laughs> okay. You still want to chase that, that, wow, I accomplished something feeling. And in order to do that, you got to put yourself out there in weird places that you may not have ever been in before, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're standing around in the middle of the woods and you're looking around like, okay, what, how did I get here? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and then also, if you know people that have gone through it already, they'll, 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 they'll break that barrier. They'll be the, they'll be your mentor or, or, or help you get into these sports. And so you won't have to, you know, the, your ramp up won't be is so, so, so hard. You know, one of my goals as being a coach is I want to be able to talk on anything that you potentially come to me in terms of training. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. I might not be the best at it, but I've done it, right? I, I, I've always had the mindset of, I should not, I don't like talking about things that I have not experienced because I don't, if I haven't done it, why, why should I, why should I, why should I put you out there to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I use myself as a guinea pig, right? I'll jump in a lake or run a hundred miles and just to see what, what I can pick from it. So the next person that comes along, hey, I did this, 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 and this, all right? And this is how it worked out. And we just keep going from there. That's just how I do it. And, and, and you kind of, sounds like you're answering my question because you already, you know, from what you're saying, like you said, you want to be uncomfortable. You want to get find goals that, that scare you. Is yeah. that kind of what took you from a marathon to wanting to do ultra marathons? Yes, it, it was. It was. It was a combination of a new goal and being in a place of okay. I want to feel that that you know that that same feeling when I completed my first peach tree, my first run. Like mm -hmm. wow, I did it. I don't know. I I I don't know. You know, it's it's and and you never really can get back there right? You can never really, you know, unless, you know, it's, it's very hard because you age, right? You know, yeah. so, you know, you're not 19, right? You know, I'm, I'm, you know so you evolve to trying to get that same feeling and chasing goals that kind of, you know, not, not risking your, you know, your personal being, but kind of where you can feel comfortable achieving those goals gives you that sense of feeling of, of okay, I can do this. Um, and that's, that's, that's what's motivating me now to continue on this journey. You know, I still have to, I still have to 
I still have to get good at still running at the lower distances, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not special at them, but I can, I can, I can compete, but mm -hmm. I, I still want to be learning about this sport and still evolving with the sport and just yeah. staying there as long as I can. And I think that's something that was very important that you just said is kind of the lessons that you learn through the process. And I think that that is, we, none of us on this call, the three of us are not perfect by any means. We're not paid for what we do, but the experiences, the experiences that all of us have obtained through the different distances that we have run and the things that we've learned through communicating with people, you're actually running the distance from hearing people's stories is what makes us who we are and the good story that we can tell um, yeah. and passing that on to someone else that may not be aware. Correct. Yep. Yep. And making them feel comfortable about it. Like mm -hmm. first, like, look, hey, I'm I'm just out here like you. Okay. Right. Make them feel comfortable about it. No one's an Olympian, mm -hmm. right? No one's a paid athlete, right? So right. we are just, we're just regular folks. We're weekend warriors. We're here to try to try to, you know, feel good about what we're doing and mm -hmm. be in better health, you know, and, and live longer for our families, friends. Definitely. Definitely. Now, this pre this past weekend on mm -hmm. um, June the 4th, you took on the challenge of running the Silver Comet Trail for a 100-mile race, and that was the Underground Circus 10-miler. Now, for our listeners, I know that you hear Tommy and I talk about the Silver Comet Trail often because that is a wow. well-known trail here in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, it's, te it's technically in Marietta. But in Marietta, Marietta, Georgia, that goes from Marietta all the way to Alabama. Like this trail can literally go 50 plus miles. It is very biker, runner, walker, family friendly. You do see a lot of bikers on it because they can go several miles. And it's a trail that you can just get on and go. It is a paved trail uh, that you can just literally get on and go several miles. Um, now, Dwayne, when I found out that you were doing this, this 100 miler on the Silver Comet Trail, I was very intrigued to hear about it. So first of all, tell us how you heard about the Silver Comet um, race or the Underground Circus 100 miler. How did you hear about it and what interests you in doing this race? Okay, so um, two ways I heard about it. One was via Ultra Sign Up. So okay. Ultra Sign Up is like your gateway into being exposed to all the ultra type events that are going on. It's, it's, you can create a free account and you can just watch events that are local to your area that are taking place. Okay. Uh, plus the second way is I know uh, Jamila um, that you guys, Jamila Mwadi um, that you had on before. Mm -hmm. I've participated in her 100K. She had a, she had a underground circus 100K uh, that took place downtown at Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So I've, okay. she's, she's a black race director. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to support her. Right. She's mm -hmm. trying to put together something to try to get more people into it. So she, she gave me a call. Um, and you know, we kind of have like a little trail crew. Right. And she was like, Hey, I'm putting this together. Come on out to get your, try to uh, go for your hundred miler and participate in the uh, underground circus hundred miler here at uh, silver comet. So it was local. Um, why not? You know, I wasn't, I was, uh, I was uh, training, um, you know, for for Peachtree and, and later races throughout the year. So I was like, well, let me try to let me try to participate in this and, and support her as well. Nice. So now to clarify, did the actual race take place on the paved area of Silver Comet, or did y'all go off into the trail portions, like it, the unpaved dirt trail portions? 
it's it started off on the it started it's it's fully paved so we started at the trailhead okay um, there, there's a there's a trail mile zero is was it at mile zero okay at, okay at mile zero correct which is and by then, nickel jack elementary school correct correct okay. correct okay so we started there and then we ran um so basically it was five miles out and five miles back so you could mm. kind of think of as so 100 miles that's 10 10 loops or, mm -hmm. or 10 10 mile loops in a mm -hmm. sense out and back mm -hmm. uh, so it was so training for it was kind of like interesting because I already run loops so loop, loop running is um very mentally you got to be mm -hmm. sure. yeah tough you had yeah. you had to be tough and you kind of had to check out in a certain way yeah you, yeah you, yeah you really have to mm -hmm. check out and and mm -hmm. then next thing you know you're back at where you're you started from mm -hmm. so i already already had that in me and i just went to where um you know i look at it like you you have to you have to shrink down races in your head um you should you know for example for me what i do is so yeah it's 100 miles if i think oh gosh i gotta do 100 miles that's going to be tough, right? So mm -hmm. I shrunk the race down mentally to like, okay, usually in a trail run, getting to the next aid station, station is like seven to eight miles between mm -hmm. eight stations. Mm -hmm. So you, you shrink the race down and then you look at it like, okay, can I make it to the next aid station? Okay. And an aid station is where you go and they have, it's kind of like, like refueling all kinds of support all kinds, I mean, you can get everything from Coke to, I mean, donuts to, I mean, it's totally fuel related, right? Mm -hmm. Good or bad fuel related, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you if you have the mindset of, can you make it to the next trail, to the aid, next aid station, then eventually those miles tick off and you, you've ran your, your, your distance. Right. Um, now tell me really quickly, because I, so we are, for our listeners, we're very familiar with Silver Comet Trail and a lot of people that come from out of town, if they need to do a long distance, if a lot of people that are marathoning, um, marathon training, go on Silver Comet, because it literally is just a trail that you can get on and go and do it out and back. Now, if I'm remembering, I, obviously I remember correctly, but usually from the trailhead, mile zero, if you get to the bike shop, that's like on Floyd Road, that's like mile four-ish. And then you have to go out a little bit further for five. So, but the way that the trail is set up, there's not a lot of open space. Like it literally is very shaded and wooded. So how did they have the aid station set up? And it was it at the bike shop or where about did they have the aid station set up for you guys? So there was a, there was a, there was a aid station at the trail head. Okay. And, and when we went to the um, when we went to the the turnaround, there was an aid station. Okay. Okay. So a little bit a little bit past the the bike shop, which also has a bathroom and yeah, a gas true, station. True. There's a gas. Like yep, right. Yep, yep, okay. Yep, 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 mm -hmm. yep. So you're really not like in in the woods, or you know, you're really not, you know, you you have you have convenience. Right. Mm -hmm. Now this to me, this trail one would be very mental. But also a lot of people feel like Silver Comet is flat and it's not. Like, oh. <laughs> and going from the trailhead to out to mile four and five is uphill, gradual uphill. Like it's not a flat course. Now I will say flat is relative in Atlanta when it comes to, you're not getting a mountainous hill yeah. that you can see, mm -hmm. but it's a gradual incline going from that point to the next. 
that's absolutely correct. Yes. Okay. And so, so you have to, you have that gradual incline, then you have to factor in the, you know, the, the family, the bikers and people, other people who are out there running. And so you mm -hmm. just have to try to navigate that, that course the best way you can in a certain yeah. period of time. Um, so I knew going into it that I was going to do, okay, there's no way that I am going to pound the pavement for a hundred miles and, and, you know, expect good things to happen. Right. So mm -hmm. I had to be resourceful, you know, run on the side trails, uh, that are unpaved, right. To kind of lessen the blow to your legs, to where you can. Mm -hmm. The can, impact you know, is softer, right? Yeah, the impact is softer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, all, all asphalt, and it's not created the same, depends on where you go. And if you ever get a chance to go out to the Silver Comet, so when you're running a long distance, you have time to pay attention to the little details. It's literally layered up like cake. And mm -hmm. it's, 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 un, it's, yeah. it's, un, it's bent, it's uneven. It, it, yeah. It, it's bad on your hips. It, it is. Yes, it makes yeah. you it makes you uneven from. So if you can run it, the idea would be run straight down the middle of it. But that's yeah. impossible because you got bikes coming and going, so you 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 can't you know. So it's so funny that you said that because usually if I go out with someone to run, I'm like, can I get on your left side? Like because uh, I I know if uh -huh. I'm with a friend, I always like if I run with my friend Ayana, I'm always like, can you stay on the right and I get on my left because I know my hips and knees and all that stuff. I don't mm -hmm. say they're bad, but they need as less impact as possible. So I try to run in the middle because of mm -hmm. that. There is a tilt that yeah. is at the Silver Comet that you don't realize unless you're consistently running it. So yes, that is absolutely correct. Yep. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. It, it was so, an interesting experience. I'll say that much. So tell us what your goals were for this 100 miles. This is your first 100 mile race. Of course, you've done um, you've done the ultra marathoning before, but what was your goals and, and what did the day look like for you? So a, a good goal going into like a 100 miler is like, okay, if you can, if you can finish a 100 miler in like less than 24 hours, you are like, you are stellar, right? And then, so you got, you got 24 hours and then the next fallback is like 30 hours, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, then it switches to like more of an endurance type event, right? So my goal was plan A, 24 hours, right? Didn't make plan A, all right, 30 hours. Uh, didn't make plan, didn't make 30 hours. So coming up on 36 hours, that's where I, that's the, where I fell into in terms of the distance that I covered. So, mm -hmm. um, so my, my, and, and mentally it messes with you because the beauty of our sport and the, the hard thing about our sport is, you know, especially if you're good at math, if you're going to make it to your goal, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to be able to, okay, am I going to let start that, calculating in our head? <laughs> uh, exactly. Am I going to let that destroy me mentally? Right. Mm -hmm. Am I going to, you know, am I just, just going to check out and just, you know, just give up or whatever, but you have to mentally get past that and be like, okay, I'm just trying to, I'm just going to finish. That's all, that's all that matters. I'm just going to finish mm -hmm. this thing. Mm -hmm. So I had the mindset of, okay, running it to a point and then um, doing, mixing in power walking. I think in, in running, it, it, my mindset with running is if you can move forward in any form of capacity, you're running, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're walking, you're running. If you're power walking, you're running, all right? Because you're still moving forward. It's at a slower pace, but you're still moving forward, 
right? It's not the traditional Olympian, beautiful gait and long stride type thing, but you're still moving forward towards your goal. Mm -hmm. And if you keep that in your mind, then you're good. You're good. So um, it was, I, I kept going to about mile 30 um, to, to get past the, you know, the, the traditional marathon 50K distance. And then I got into the race station, uh, aid station, uh, took a nap, you know, I slept for about 30 or 40 minutes, regrouped, uh, took on some more nutrition, kept pressing on. Um, I did have to do some night runs. Uh, I did two night runs, which is very, it's very, uh, Silver Comet is not lit at night. Listen, it's not lit at all. It is pitch black. It is. And I don't know if I ever told the story in the podcast, but I tried to go out there during marathon training one year, early, 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 because you know, it get hot as Hades in here, here in Atlanta. And I couldn't see my hand in my face in front of me. And I literally almost had a panic attack. Like that's how dark it is out there. Mm -hmm. It is pitch yeah. black. And a headlamp even, even does not help. You cannot see in front of you. So <clears throat> there, there was actually a participant in the ultra who did 100 miles in 36 hours. He didn't have a headlamp at all. So he and just he, kept running. And he pulled it off. I don't know how he did it because I experimented with it. I turned mine off for a second and I was you like, uh, nah. You can't <laughs> see anything in front of you. And stuff yeah. me out there. Stuff That's me cool. out in the Silver Comet. There, there are some entertaining. I, I mean, it, even if you, I mean, I was running, I ran most of the race alone. So okay. I had a headlamp and there was a point in time where I was running and I don't run with, you know, anything covering my ears so I could hear. Right. And I was like, there's somebody behind me. Mm -hmm, you I, could so feel it. I, I just kept trying. I would stop and then I would use like the highest beam on my headlamp, which drains your battery, and just turn around, like, okay, is there somebody back here? And I did it multiple times, but it was it it, it just felt like somebody was following me. And it was just it may be, but you know, <laughs> but running at running at night, and it's it's you know, it's just it's just that that place is different at night. I'll put it to you that way. It is creepy. Um, so, and you know, Silver Commons had some issues back in the day, but it's it's very entertaining place to run at night. I highly suggest not doing that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the good thing is that there were probably. Do you know how many uh, participants were in the race? Like, was it a, a big race uh, field? Yeah, there were twenty. There were twenty participants. Uh, so this, the way that um, Jamila set it up was that she wanted everyone that was, you know, the experienced people to have a good experience running a hundred miler. And if you were new to it, still have a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of the event was she would, if you're not gonna meet your like dead set hundred miler, then you would bump into a endurance category, right? Either, mm -hmm. okay, how many miles can you get in 36 hours? How many mm -hmm. miles can you get in 24 hours? How many miles can you get in 10 or five hours? And based mm -hmm. off of that, then you still get credit for competing the run during that time frame, um, right. and and if you ever look at ultra sign up, you're literally graded off. I mean, they give you points for your run. You are you are graded against other runners who are trail runners, and you get a status. So even if you don't, even if you don't hit your goal and you still finish, you still get credit for the amount of distance that you've covered, and you still you know look good from a you, you know from a running resume standpoint. Um, so I, I, I fell under the, I, I was going to do hundred miles. I didn't get it in the, the 24 or 30 hour time frame, So I bumped into the 36 hour time frame, And then that's when I moved into competing in that category. Hmm. 
Okay. So it was a, it was just slowly phasing it out, and it was I mean it got to the point where I had like four or five minutes left before I hit that thirty six hour threshold, but I did I did cross cross the finish line at that time. So um, wow. typically, what happens is you 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 it becomes more of an endurance run, and sometimes you know you might have trail runs where they're like on a track. And you can like how many how many loops can you can do in 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Or are you the last man standing or last woman standing? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 becomes a more of an endurance thing versus a speed thing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, the trail since the distance is so great, you know, you're not going to run at eight. You know, you're not unless you're Jim Walmsley, right? <laughs> you're not going to run. You're mm-hmm. not going to run your road pace out on a trail for greater distances. It's just not. It's just not, you know, the regular athlete just can't do that, right? Yeah. Because you have to factor in grade and all kinds of things that, that are out of your control. And I think that that's the beauty of ultra marathoning is that it's very different when it comes to the competitiveness, the expectations of your finishing time, the expectations of your pace. Like, it's almost like there is not any. It's about how far you, how long you can go and stand versus, the pace that you're doing it and how quick you can finish. Now, of course, there's people, there's people that are doing it and it is the focus of the time, but there's just a different respect for the amount of endurance and what you put your body through for the several hours that you're doing it in the distance that you're doing it with it. That's correct. Correct. And, and you, you, you know, there's always folks and you have to, you have to learn, you know, it's a different community. So you have nuances in that community. For example, Mm -hmm. for example, as a road runner, when you are like, for example, running a marathon, you know, you go by an aid station, you drink a cup, you throw your cup on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. That is taboo. Because mm-hmm. you're trail. messing up the environment. Yeah. That is, that is, you talk about getting taken off the course. That is the best way to do it, right? So mm-hmm. they they don't like, trail people don't like littering. They don't like, you know, you, you hold right. on to everything that you use in terms of gels, put in your pocket, cups, in, no littering at all. And mm-hmm. just knowing the nuances of going through aid stations and just, 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 you know, and you'll get shooed out of an aid station. It's not like they're going to keep you there forever. Like, okay, it's time for you to move on. <laughs> okay. Time to get up and get going. Right. There's a goal here. So it's very, it's very community based. You just have to just, just, you know, put yourself out there and just willing to see what, what's going to happen to you. You know, um, it, 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 it can be hard sometimes because, you know, just getting used to being uncomfortable. Um, but once you get it down, hey, you know, you, you know, you never know what you can pull off. Um, and there's short and there's shorter distances too, right? You know, you don't, you don't have to, there are trail runs that are 5K, 10K. You can still work up to the, the, the ultra ultras, right? But there's still smaller trail runs just to get familiar with being in the environment and then the, the the nuances of working through it. You don't have to go out and just do, you know, it, it's a hard sell when you have your significant other and you say, hey, look, I got to run 50 miles a day, right? That doesn't, that really doesn't work, right? <laughs> Especially if you got a job, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, you know, you have to just get it in when you can get it in from a training standpoint and then just carry that over to your actual race, you know? Gotcha. So, Dwayne, is this like your, do you consider this to be, your badge of honor or one of your badge of honor races like this is the one that you go yeah i'm really proud of myself for doing this particular race i i, w- I would i so 
for me, I do hold it in high regard because I didn't, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm gonna be fully open. So I ran, I did not get to hundred miles, right? Mm -hmm. I reached, I only did 84.4 miles. Can you delete that only please? Yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I you made... did 80, what'd you say? 84, 86? I did 86. -ish. Okay. So you did 86 miles. I'm just deleting your only continue. So I was like 14 <laughs> miles short from truly getting a, a hundred miles and getting, you know, you get a buckle, usually at hundred miles, they get buckles and not medals and you can kind of sport that. So I looked at it as I took the positives out of the attempt. So it wasn't like I truly made it 200 miles, but I, I made a good attempt at my first attempt at it. So I will always hold on to it because I want to look at it as something that I can try to do better at next time around, right? A lot of people DNF their, their first 100 miler or they don't show, right? Um, and so I, I made an attempt. Um, my, my right knee swelled up on me. So I only had one good leg after a while. And I just limped along until I got to 36 hours and crossed the finish line. And I was quite happy with that. <laughs> and, but, you know, I still, I still, I, I beat some of my lower times over uh, like my 50K time and my 100K mm -hmm. time. So I took the wins out of that, 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 that attempt and looked at like I do hold it in high regard. You know, you always have to look at the the wins, even though you might fall short of what you accomplished during that that period of time. So I do hold it in high regard. I'm 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 going to eventually get a hundred mile buckle. That is my goal. Um, mm -hmm. I have lower buckles, but I want a hundred miler buckle, um, and then keep going and see if it's something that I want to want to get into. Um, it, it's. And, and tell you, it, it's 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 interesting, you know, from a community standpoint, because some of these longer distance races, they'll ask you, you know, just out of just being, being, uh, you know, they want to make sure that you can handle, yeah. what, you know, you you gotta have a resume for this, right? They'll they'll mm. they'll go out to other sign up and like, okay, you have not done a hundred miler. Are you sure that this is what you really want to do, right? Mm -hmm. you, you might, or they might make you volunteer, right? You might have to volunteer first right? Sweep some trails before they even allow you to be in their race. It's very where they were not going to kind of put you out there with something that you can't handle from a, from a running standpoint. So I'm just trying to build my resume of long distance runs and compete in some of these. I mean, there's some, there's some very interesting events going on in terms of um, uh, ultras that are based off your, your previous running resume. And if you don't have a good enough resume, the race director will not allow you to enter the event just for out of safety reasons. Mm. Uh, and you have to, you have to, there's some things too that you have to kind of unlearn. So for example, I, if it's a road race at a shorter distance, I typically don't carry a phone. Um, for ultra, carry your phone. <laughs> yeah, safe, I mean, there's so many, so many more safety precautions that have to come into the like ultra marathoning world. Yes. That Yes, you need a, uh, that you we need don't a, think about. You need a first aid kit, a blanket, phone. Right. You, you need a, you're not gonna, you know, you don't have that if you're gonna do a 10k, right? I need a blanket. Mm -hmm. I need a blanket for. I'm not gonna. Right. You know, so <laughs> there, there's certain things you have to unlearn and learn back and forth between the different types of uh, uh, approaches, uh, or, or, you know, run run type approaches that you 
take a stab at. You know? Right. Well, let me ask you this for our runner, our, our listeners that may be interested in stepping their toe into the ultra marathoning world. And I know some people say that an ultra marathon is anything over a marathon. Some people say it's like that first 36 mile run that you do, but what is a good way to kind of enter into the sport? And is there a race that you suggest that is very beginner friendly? Yeah. So uh, again, once again, just step into um, go to ultrasignup.com, see what's in your area, right? And look at the events that one are shorter distance. There's half marathons, 10Ks, and just go from there, right? I, I started out doing these shorter races so I can get familiar with being in the outdoor environment, right? And being familiar with the outdoors and, and you know, being uncomfortable and then leading up into the longer distances. Um, there are some good races that are uh, put together by, uh, there's, there's a group called Guts, Georgia mm-hmm. Ultra Trail Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have shorter races uh, that are catered towards getting people into uh, trail running. So take mm-hmm. a look at that that uh, organization and they have some shorter races. That's, that's, that's the ones that I started out participating in. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, listen, before we let you go, we have one more question that we wanna ask you. Um, and this is a question that we are asking our listeners for this episode. What motivates you to run but also what keeps you dedicated to the process? Because we believe that motivation and dedication is two different things. And a lot of times when motivation goes out the window, it's that dedication that keeps you going. So what motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process? Okay. Um, What motivates me is being able to be in healthier shape. Um, As a black man, we traditionally have heart related issues um, I'm motivated by my son. I want to be able to be around long enough on this planet to see him grow, evolve, <clears throat> and be able to say, hey, I've, I've been here long enough to help you get to where you need to be and understand life. So I use him uh, per se as a motivation so I can be able to guide him as long as I possibly can, okay? Um, now, Dedication wise, um, that's a little bit more, that's a little bit more of me, more, more of a selfish me thing, right? Um, during the pandemic, there weren't a lot of races, right? There weren't a lot of, you know, places to go to be able to participate. So I just looked at it like I just want to be in the best training health for myself and for my family, for my, for my wife and my son, and basically be around long enough to keep going. Um, it, it, I'm dedicated towards the, the sport. I think running is a very beautiful form of movement. If you ever just, I'd say, if you just ever go on YouTube and look at um, marathons, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you just look at the elite runners, the form of the human movement is so beautiful, especially if you slow it down. The mechanics of it are, 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 you know, that's, that's the closest we'll get to flight, right, in terms of movement. And that movement is, is a very beautiful thing. And I, I, I'm just always fascinated by trying to pick out little nuggets of movement that'll help me, allow me to be faster during my runs or what, while, while I'm training. 
So I'm, I'm dedicated towards um, myself and then also empowering other runners of colors, diverse backgrounds to get out and, and be healthy. You don't have to you don't have to run, but you have to move, right? Mm. Because when you're young, you move a lot. And then there's that middle time where you kind of like, well, I'm making money and life is good, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then, then what happens is if you get into a predicament, oh no, I got to, you know, by, by, by that time it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be, you want to, you want to, you want to stack away enough positive cardio, physical fitness nuggets away so when you do get older it's not as bad right you know you know we all gonna something something's gonna happen to everybody right but if you can curtail that by you taking care of yourself at an early age then go for it you know don't wait till you're in a predicament to try to change something um and i'm i'm a coach and i just want to i just want to see more diversity in terms of running um and physical fitness that's that's my dedication that motivates me all right. right. Yes, sir. That's that's. I love that answer. Great answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Well, now, of course, if our listeners want to follow, follow your story, they want to they want to be able to see when you get that hundred mile uh, buckle. How can they follow you on social media? Can you give us your, your social media handles? So on, on Instagram, I am uh, Coach Dwayne Scott. That's uh, D one nine one one three. And um, I also have, um, you can email me at d19113 at yahoo.com. So I, I typically use Instagram primarily as my platform of showing, you know, physical movement or what am I doing from a coaching standpoint. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dwayne. I really do appreciate you taking time out, of, especially after what you did this weekend. Mm, that you had that sleep you, still. Exactly. I definitely wouldn't be sitting <laughs> looking on the camera. I'd be knocked out. I, I have, I have, I have more stories. Like I got back to the house, and my son was like, "Dad's home," and and I was in the driveway. I was knocked out in the car. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So he had to bang on the window like, hey, man. Are you good? I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. So, I mean, I was, yeah, I have, you know, I'll tell you the more stories on the, on the other side of it. Yeah, you were done. I hear you, man. I hear you. Once again, thank you very much, Dwayne. And, you know, hey, when you do get that 100-mile uh, buckle, we're going to have to bring you, bring you back okay. to hear that story as well. Okay. All right. All right. Will do. Definitely. I know, I know how to get in touch with you guys. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dwayne. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Love you guys both. Great interview. Listen, Great Dwayne interview. is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, he's he, I love talking to someone that definitely has a message. And he definitely had a message. Um, and he definitely, it's not just about him running. He wants to motivate other people. So I love talking to people like that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, motivating other people, learning from the lessons that he learned from this race, even though he did not make the hundred mile and just staying motivated. And obviously he knows his reason as to why he keeps doing everything that he's doing, which, which makes a difference in your journey. Exactly. Exactly. So India hit him up one yes. more time, give him the instructions. So they can't, I want, I, I want none of y'all to miss out on this. <laughs> yes. So, India, give him the instructions one more time. Give him the question one more time. <laughs> 
Yes, of course. So again, we are, the Run Duo is partnering with Lululemon for their 10K tour, and we are doing a giveaway for two complimentary entries into, into the Atlanta race that would be taking place on October 22nd of this year, Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. Now, in order to enter the giveaway, you will need to do an in-feed post or a story answering the question of, what motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process? Again, what motivates you to run and what keeps you dedicated to the process? Now, you can answer that question again in an in-feed post or on your story, but you have to ensure that you are tagging the Run Duo podcast as well as Lululemon and using the hashtag Lululemon 10K. We definitely look forward to seeing all the entries and even all the responses. Like I'm really looking forward to hearing which, what motivates you all and what keeps you dedicated. But also two people will get amazing entries into this race. Now this, your entry needs to be completed by Saturday, June 11th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the Run Duo, we will be making the announcement on Sunday, June 12th on who won those two entries. Exactly. Now, um, India, well, just to say, of course, we're gonna put the instructions on our D on our um, Instagram. So you'll still see it there, but you won't see the question. You gotta you see the, the question. You gotta listen to the yeah, episode. You gotta to listen to the episode to get the question. <laughs> but we'll get you the instructions. But just in case somebody misses all of that. Yes. If they get it, they need to get in touch with you, India. Like, hey, India, I know she told me, but I need to hit her up to verify yes. I know what I'm doing. How mm-hmm. would they do that, India? Now, I'm going to tell y'all, don't come to me asking me for the free for the questions. You got to listen <laughs> to the episode. And it's an amazing episode. Not only our shenanigans, but also listening to Dwayne Scott talk about his journey to his 100 miler. But if you want to hit me up for something else, or if you need the directions, or whatever the situation is, you can find me on Instagram at Eye of Indigo Runs, and you can also find me at milesfromindia.com. Um, and also, my YouTube platform and other platforms is all Miles from India. So definitely hit me up. Yes, and you can uh, email me at thomaswmitchell, the number two, at gmail.com, or hit me up on Instagram, DM me uh, at tmitch68. Yes, another right. amazing episode. So yes. definitely check it out and enter the win. Exactly. And we will see y'all again in another two weeks. Bye, guys.